0: To learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticise. You are listening to ACH, I'm Andy, your host, and before we start today's show, I would like to thank Herman and Mary for their recent donations. If you are able to help keep the show on the air, please go to achshow.com and click the banner at the top. That being said, today is Tuesday... And I'm joined by my good friend, Dr. Peter Hammond, on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday. So let's see if he's with us. Peter, are you with us?
1: I am with you. Thank you, Andrew.
0: Thank you so much, Peter. And the reason, folks, um, that we're going out on the Tuesday... If you remember, late last year, we went out on a Monday because we did show number 1666. But the reason we're going out on a Tuesday today is the significance of the date which is april the 19th and a lot of things happened on april the 19th which is why today's show is entitled the real story of april the 19th and we'll be covering other things as well but peter where would you like to start us off today
1: andrew we are continually deluged with all kinds of atrocity stories and so on but of course there's a lot of false flags amongst these uh atrocity stories and uh I've been hearing from different sources from Ukraine uh, that some of the atrocity stories that we've been given right now uh, from Ukraine are pretty much false flags. For example, uh, there are towns and areas which were occupied by the Russians for a month or more, and then when they withdrew from the area to re-emphasize their battles in the east over the Donbass region, next thing in comes the ukrainians and they call in journalists say look at this the russians massacred a whole lot of people civilians and so on in this area um, just before they left which doesn't go along with the way things tend to work because people who work amongst and live amongst people for a month or so are, are not likely to suddenly uh, target them it's more likely to happen when military force are moving and they're all jumpy but in fact, the information that we've been receiving is that the Ukrainian forces going into areas that were under Russian occupation have been shooting the people there, the civilians, as collaborators. And then it's very convenient for them to call in the journalists and say, look, we've discovered another Russian trustee. And there's been enough of the journalists who are reporting on the fact that uh, the Ukrainians are targeting civilians, uh, including with rockets and with artillery fire, and are in many cases causing the very destruction that they are then blaming on the Russian invaders. And so uh, that's just interesting. Now, of course, we don't know at the moment, the first casualty of war is truth. And there's a lot of propaganda and pervasive propaganda, and we deluged with it. But just think in terms of when the Americans invaded Afghanistan and Iraq and started bombing of Syria and Libya. And of course, the Yugoslav war back in 1999, when NATO went in and did 17,000 bombing sorties on the capital of Serbia, uh, all as part of helping the Al-Qaeda-affiliated Bosnians, uh, absolutely bizarre wag the dog sort of thing. But 19th of April, 19th of April is very interesting and significant. And when we... Look at this not only is the 19th of April when the American war of independence started back in 1775 which is interesting uh, but we've also got the Oklahoma City bombing 19th of April 1995 it's called St. Patriot Day but the Oklahoma City bombing was timed to be exactly one uh, it was the second anniversary after the uh, Waco massacre so the Waco siege, uh, which was also known as the Waco Master, was the law enforcement siege of the compound belonging to the Branch Davidians, who were in Waco, Texas. And uh, the U.S. federal government had a 51-day siege of this religious community because they said they wanted to serve search and arrest warrants uh, in order to uh, check if some of their weapons were legal or not, which, you know just about every weapons legal in Texas anyway, Uh, but uh, the, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, chose the 19th of April to assault the compound. After 51 days of waiting, they assaulted the compound, and at the end of it, the people that they were concerned about, they were concerned, they kept changing the story, of course, over the time of the siege, at one point, they were concerned about some weapons. Next thing they were concerned, they were cult. Then they were concerned as though so that when you give the people the title of cult, that uh, you've got the right to kill them, apparently. And uh, then it was they were concerned that children might be getting abused, which you think, well, if children are being abused, is gassing and burning and killing them all uh, a way of solving that problem? Because that's actually what happened. On the 51st day of this siege of this property, On the 19th of April, uh, the law enforcement people of ATF and FBI uh, launch an assault. They initiate the tear gas attack, and uh, the whole Mount Carmel center was engulfed in flames. And the fire resulted in the deaths of 76 people, the Branch Davidians, including 25 children, two pregnant women, and uh, the rest of the followers of the Branch Davidians, including David Goresh, who they claimed that they wanted to arrest. Now, considering they had David Koresh and Arrest were traveling into town regularly before all this began, and if they wanted to speak to him or investigate or serve a warrant, they could have done it in many different ways. And this very high-profile siege and very high-profile assault and the interesting timing of the Patriot Day of the 19th of April uh, led to 75, 76 unnecessary deaths, which is just Really, really uh, sad. And when you think of all the people who died in the whole of the uh, siege, that's 86 people died in total. But on that day of the 19th, April 76, Well, two years later, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing took place, the 19th of April 1995. The Alfred Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City was destroyed in a devastating bombing which collapsed about a third of the building, killing 168 people, including 15 children. Injuring more than 680 other people, the bomb blasts damaged 324 other buildings within a 16-block radius, shattering glass in 258 nearby buildings, burned out 86 vehicles. The damage was estimated at over $652 million in 1995 money. Well, a noble lie, which is an excellent two-hour documentary, documents the web of deceit and inconsistencies and the impossibility of the official version and presents damning evidence that, in fact, Oklahoma bombing, Oklahoma City bombing of 19 April 1995 was actually a false flag operation done by the government and covered up. And I know about this personally from General Ben Parton, U.S. Air Force military engineer, scientist who designed all kinds of weaponry, including... Puff the Magic Dragon, laser weapons, precision-guided weapons, uh, the GPS-guided uh, cruise missiles, tomahawks, and so on. Uh, the uh, Everything to do with precision-guided weapons was really uh, General Parton's speciality, and he was a military engineer specializing in ordnance and uh, destruction of uh, targets. And he went personally to Oklahoma City and investigated, and his Oklahoma City bombing expose was that there is no way that the damage could have been caused by any truck bomb of any size parked in the street uh, because, as he documented, there were entire reinforced concrete pillars disintegrated, which cannot happen from a distance. In fact, there were reinforced uh, concrete pillars further away uh, from the vehicle where the truck bomb went off, which were disintegrated, and were others closer to the bomb blast, that were not even affected and not damaged in any way. Uh, and he said there is the only way you can disintegrate reinforced concrete pillars is by having the explosives directly on contact with it, because air is a very inefficient medium of conducting uh, the, the blast uh, potential of, of taking down such strong uh, pillars. And any anyway, rate, uh, far better exposed by himself, if you look at it in his words, and he features an, a noble eye, film, documentary, and you can watch a noble lie uh, on the Oklahoma bombing uh, in, uh, on the web, and uh, you can make up your mind for yourself. But there's no doubt in the minds of many, including myself, that Oklahoma City bombing was a false flag operation. When General Ben Parton was asked on TV in America if he knew who did the bombing, he says, I cannot tell you who did the bombing, but I can tell you who's destroying the evidence. And that's the U.S. federal government's destroying the evidence. They they completely obliterated the building before forensics had been completed, uh, before the case had come to court. They destroyed all the evidence. And, uh, you know, when you have something like that being done, it's very suspicious, but it's worse than that. People who are doing the investigating uh, were murdered. Uh, all sorts of things disappeared. Um, evidence was destroyed. And uh, the one Oklahoma City radio and TV station that was doing an independent research was suddenly bought out by uh, New York, a news media entity, and they suppressed and fired uh, those involved in the investigation, and you could just carry on. on The cover-up was huge. So why did they choose 19 April? Because 19th of April, it's Patriot Day, that's when America's war of independence began 1775, 19 April is the date chosen after 51-day siege by the FBI and the ATF to charge and storm uh, the Branch Davidians Mount Carmel Center in Oklahoma, uh, in Texas, uh, which resulted in the death of 60, 76 Branch Davidians, including 25 children and two pregnant women. And then two years later, when uh, the huge amount of groundswell of opposition to what the federal government under Bill Clinton was doing at that stage in targeting mind your own business innocent people uh, and uh, causing such loss of life, such as uh, with not only Oklahoma City, but of course you could then go on to uh, Ruby Ridge going before that and so on. There was a lot of overreach and excessive behavior by federal authorities. And so The ATF and FBI were coming under investigation and Oklahoma City, uh, Alfred Murrah building, was actually where the records were kept, the records on everything to do with the Waco siege and the Waco massacre. And while a federal investigation was being demanded by the Senate, suddenly there's a bombing which destroys the very place with the evidence. And uh, all of this was awfully suspicious, Convenient from perhaps some people's perspectives. But again, why the 19th of April? And uh, you came across an interesting uh, meme on this side, didn't you? Andrew, I wonder if you'd like to read that at this time.
0: Thank you, Peter. Yes, I was just looking for a a meme, folks, for the show, but of course we're covering such a broad range of topics that uh, I didn't want to be too restrictive. I think that the most important um, was uh, the image of uh, the aftermath of the tragic Oklahoma City bombing, and I say tragic for all the people that died, Um, but the only one that I found on the internet was of a more esoteric nature. I'll just read it to you. 13 Days of Preparation, Occult Significance of April the 19th to May the 1st April the 19th is the first day of the 13-day satanic ritual day relating to fire, the fire god Baal or Molech Nimrod, the sun god, also known as the Roman god, Saturn, Satan or the devil. This day is a major human sacrifice day demanding fire sacrifice with an emphasis on children. Think about the amount of children killed in Oklahoma City and in Waco. This day is one of the most important human sacrifice days and as such has had some very important historic events occur on this day. And this meme I've got here, it's it's very blurry, difficult to read and it's something... Uh, I can't it's dot com, but I just can't see it so that's another reason I didn't use it but just what I read out there is I think it's very significant because you always realize that these elites the powers that should not be they are very big on dates and they're very big on numerology so I believe it has some significance to them and as Peter said they could have gone in in Waco at any time during those 51 days so why 51 days is a long time nearly two months Why pick April the 19th? And then why the Oklahoma City bombing on April the 19th? Both of which uh, loss of lives of many children. And as this uh, meme said, um, it's a major human sacrifice day demanding fire sacrifice with an emphasis on children. Back in 93 and in 95, when uh, Waco and Oklahoma City happened, we were under or you were under President Clinton in the United States. And we hear all these stories about Hillary Clinton and a witch's coven, which I've never really looked into, but I've heard plenty of stories about it. And of course, that would be involved in something similar to satanic ritual. So I think that that's worth pointing out. Peter, what are your
1: thoughts? Yes, indeed. So what I found fascinating also is it's the 13 days leading up to the 1st of May. Now, 13... um, it's been considered unlucky by us, but it's considered to be a very powerful date for the occultists and the sabbatans, because there were the twelve disciples, uh, and of which, um, of course, one was a traitor. So what there was the eleven faithful disciples, and Jesus makes twelve. Judas makes number thirteen, and Judas is the thirteenth. And so the Satanists have often liked the thirteen, uh, even as in our superstitious parts of our world, they consider 13 unlucky for that reason. Uh, But in occultic, 13 is a very important day. Now, the 19th April is the first day of 13-day satanic ritual relating to fire in preparation for the 1st of May. And you see, the 1st of May is a very important occultic day. The 1st of May and the 31st of October, Halloween, are both... Uh, human sacrifice days in the occultic way. And therefore, for the Luciferians, the Illuminati, uh, the Sabbatans, this is important. So it was on the 1st of May, 1776, that Weissabt chose the timing to launch the Illuminati in accordance with Sabbatan Kabbalah's teachings. He chose the 1st of May because May, the fifth month, added to the first day equals six. And he chose 1776, Because the four numbers add up to 21, 1 plus 7 plus 7 plus 6 equals 21. And the number 6 plus 21 equals 27. And all of these are very significant for numerology and to the occultic Kabbalist powers. They believe that by multiplying 3 by 9, they got a very powerful uh, uh, number uh, and therefore... Dates are very important, and they believe that even the greatest plans would be doomed to failure if not carried out on the most numerically advantageous time. And so they're very obsessed with numerology and the significance of dates. And so one has to assume that many of these actually false flags are chosen on days that are significant to those who are, at their heart, very religious. Of course, they're anti-God, they're anti-Christian, but they're religious. In an occultic sense, in a Sabbatian sense. And if if people are not familiar with that, then we'd encourage them to go back and and listen to the program on 1666 and the Sabbatian roots of the New World Disorder. Because uh, 1666 is when uh, Sabbate Zevi declared himself to be the true Messiah, and uh, he was followed by many millions of people followed him. Uh, And uh, today we've got Jeffrey Epstein's and Harvey Weinstein's and so on, who have very much taken the views of uh, the Sabbatans, which is mixing occultism with complete perversion, breaking every law of God and transgressing every standard. They really regard this as um, their goals. The goals of the Sabbatans are the same as the goals of the Illuminati, which actually are the same as the goals of the Marxists and the globalists. And on the 1st of May 1776, in Frankfurt, the Illuminati. Adam Weishaupt, Mayor Rothschild, and Jacob Frank launched the Illuminati with the long-term political goals of abolition of all monarchies and governments, abolition of all private property inheritances, abolition of nationalism, abolition of the family and of the institution of marriage, abolition of religion, and abolition of compulsory, uh, sorry, not uh, abolition, the establishment of compulsory communal education for all children. And so if you've read Karl Marxist Communist Manifesto of 1848, you'll immediately recognize the Illuminati agenda as clearly articulated. And when we understand this, we understand the present cancelled culture, BLM, gender confusion, lockdown lunacy, mass grade madness, the COVID cult, the salvation by vaccination, the whole Christophobia, hostility for Christianity, the Hollywood degeneracy, the indoctrination through education, the mainstream media, United Nations. European Union pronouncements and activities all make sense the way they're trying to bring about a great collapse in order to build back better through the Great Reset. And so in many ways, we, we can see how, for example, Jeffrey Epstein really epitomized this sabbatan religion with his weird cubic temple with the Islamic type dome. And on Jeffrey Epstein's island, which reportedly had an underground chamber described as a sex dungeon and Luciferian temple, Painted with blue and white stripes, the same colors as the flag of the State of Israel, Jeffrey Epstein epitomized the Sabbatian philosophy of unrestrained sexual debauchery and deception. Remember that Sabataeans and the Luminati and the Luciferians believe that deception is something that you must practice at all times. You must conceal what is, what is the truth and you must continually deceive. And the sexual predator and rapist Harvey Weinstein And many of his highly influential friends, including world leaders, all can only be understood when you understand Sabbatianism, which really loves numerology and the significance of dates. And the the occultism explains the heart and soul of these groups. And when you particularly think of the heart and soul of Karl Marx, where uh, he summarized his philosophy as the abolition of private property, which is what the World Health Uh, the organization and World Economic Forum are talking about these days. Charles, uh, 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 the Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum has put it very plainly in his COVID-19, the Great Reset, and also in the fourth industrial revolution, transhumanism, that in the future you will own nothing and you will be happy. And uh, this fits in totally with Karl Marx's goals of the abolition of private property, the abolition of eternal truths, the abolition of all religion and all morality. I mean, these are uh, the goals of Karl Marx. Karl Marx wrote, new gods will have to be installed. And in one of his poems, uh, Ulinem, uh, Karl Marx wrote, the hellish vapors rise and fill the brain till I go mad and my heart is utterly changed. See the sword, the prince of darkness sold it to me. For me, beats the time and gives the signs. Ever more boldly, I play the dance of death. Everything in existence is worth being destroyed. If there's something which devours, I will leap within it. Though I bring the world to ruins, the world which bulks between me and the abyss, I will smash to pieces with my enduring curses. Without violence, nothing is ever accomplished in history. I'm quoting Straight from Karl Marx, here's another quote. Thus, heaven i forfeited, I know it full well. My soul, once true to God, is chosen for hell. With disdain, I will throw my gauntlet full in the face of the world and see the collapse of this pygmy giant whose fall will not stifle my ardor. Then I will wander, godlike, victorious, through the ruins of the world. Giving my words an act of force, I will feel equal to the creator. And Karl Marx's good friend, Frederick Engels, wrote, Karl Marx is a monster possessed by 10,000 devils. He didn't say this in criticism. This was a compliment from him. Karl Marx is a monster possessed by 10,000 devils. That's what Karl Marx's best friend said about him, and it was viewed as a compliment. And Robert Payne, a friend of Karl Marx, wrote that Karl Marx had the devil's view of the world and the devil's malice. Sometimes he seemed to know he was accomplishing the works of evil. Karl Marx wrote, He wanted to hurl gigantic curses on mankind. Our enemy is God. Hatred of God is the beginning of wisdom. Now, all these have been documented. This is what Karl Marx wrote. And I've put it in my publication, The Heart and Soul of Karl Marx. Richard Wurmbrand wrote the book, Marx and Satan. And there's also the book, Was Karl Marx a Satanist? All of these documented without a doubt. In fact, Vladimir Lenin wrote, atheism is the natural and inseparable part of communism. We must hate. Hatred is the basis of communism. We fight against God to snatch believers from him. Let us drive out the capitalists from the earth and God from heaven. So uh, these are just showing you at the heart of it, there are people in this world who are thoroughly Marxist, and they hate God, and they hate Christianity. They hate Christ, and they hate those who seek to be faithful to Christ. And this explains so much of what is going on in the world today where we see police forces no longer concerned with real crime, but being mobilized in many places, uh, even in Canada and Australia and New Zealand and uh, in Britain, to target people who have unacceptable views instead of dealing with real crime. And we've got, for example, the uh, the police in Yorkshire, where they were not dealing with, for years, decades, they ignored the grooming gangs, which abused, raped hundreds of thousands of British girls. No, didn't want to get involved in that because they didn't want to be called racist uh, because the people doing it were Pakistanis and Muslims and so on. And therefore, they turned a blind eye to some of the most egregious crimes, which you would think police are responsible to deal with, but instead target people for using the wrong gender pronouns or upsetting the LGBT crowd or for the, upsetting the COVID cult rules or the masquerade and so on. We've got a bizarre situation going on in the world. But I'm mentioning all this because... When we consider the atrocity stories we've been given by the media now directed against Russia, this is deja vu. We've been here before, where they demonize. We don't have to go that far back in history. We know that it's the same kind of demonizing that was done of Germany in the First and Second World War, that kind of one-dimensional caricature, stereotype propaganda where the targeted side is completely irredeemably evil and nothing that do makes any sense, it's not logical, there's no reasons, it's all totally unprovoked, there's no context, Uh, ignore anything that gets in the way of this narrative. We know it because, remember, it wasn't that long ago, 20 years ago, we had weapons of mass destruction that needed to be destroyed in Iraq, because uh, Saddam Hussein was wanting to destroy the world, and that justified invading a sovereign territory. We can hear a lot these days about the concern that uh, what Russia has done is a war crime and Vladimir Putin should be put on trial because he's invaded a sovereign territory, which is absolutely outrageous, which when you think about it, um, I saw the book on the shelves not that long ago about all the countries we've invaded, that apparently there's only something like 11 countries in the world that Britain didn't invade sometime in its history. And then you think of all the countries invaded by the United States, and you don't even have to go that far back in history. We can just think of invading Iraq, killing over a million people, destroying a sovereign nation, making the situation in the country much, much, much worse, especially for the poor Christians who had religious freedom under Saddam Hussein, but now uh, have been wiped out to such an extent that we've gone from 1.6 million Christians in Iraq to under 100,000, thanks to America's intervention. And they never found those weapons of mass destruction, which the world was told was the reason for America's intervention in destroying a stable country. That wasn't the only one. There was also Libya, which coincidentally was going for independence, a gold-based currency, uh, not part of the Rothschild banking circuit, was wanting to avoid the petrodollar as a means of exchange. And before you knew it, they were targeted for thousands of bombing runs, uh, thousands of of sorties uh, by NATO bombing Libya, which created such instability and chaos. Uh, That has led to millions of migrants pouring into Europe, a tsunami of uh, illegal immigrants really uh, undermining, really bringing a demographic time bomb to Europe, uh, creating who knows how many problems down the line in the future. But these are things done by, by the United States and by NATO and by countries that today are so outraged by Russia invading a country. Now, it's interesting that Russia is only applying to Ukraine the same principles that America applies in the, North, in the Western Hemisphere, where America's got the Monroe Doctrine saying uh, no countries in their sphere of influence have the right to an independent foreign policy that conflicts with that of, of the United States. And uh, that's why Russia couldn't put military bases and missiles in Cuba back in 1962, because that was America's sphere of influence. But apparently... While America can have those rules in the Western Hemisphere, Russia can't have those rules to apply in their sphere. Double standards, yes. Um, But in the midst of all this, we're getting all these atrocity stories. And we don't know at this moment exactly what the truth is, but I can tell you this, like with every other war we've seen in the last century, when investigations are done and when the files are unsealed and when it's uncovered, we will find that our governments and our mass media, lamestream media, will have lied prodigiously, as they have consistently done for the last more than 100 years. And we've seen it. And Oklahoma bombing city, uh, the Oklahoma city bombing back on 19th April 1995, is just one example which has been now documented to be an absolute lie. At the moment when it took place, they had the narrative all set. Within a few hours, there was some lone... um, criminal. uh, Timothy McVeigh, he did it. Now, it turned out that Timothy McVeigh was a special forces soldier who was on special assignment and uh, who had an unbroken record of always obeying orders. He had never questioned authority. He he was the perfect soldier who had a very clean record. And uh, you could just see that he could have easily been on assignment, told to do something, uh, trusted his government and... um, He was set up like a patsy, uh, just like Lee Harvey Oswald. And this is the kind of thing that does happen. We get governments who lie and they cover up and they seal documents, uh, just like the Martin Luther King files are still sealed to this day, who knows how many decades later. And the Lusitania files were sealed for over 70 years. And it turned out to be the government had lied on every level there and done a massive cover up. The uh, Operation Keelhaul Hall. F- files were sealed for 30 years. That was the betrayal of 3 million Russians and Ukrainians at the end of the Second World War who were living in the West, in the Western sphere, who were forcibly repatriated, the pointed bayonets, uh, some of them even killed, shot, bayoneted uh, for refusing as they were driven across uh, by British and American forces uh, into the hands of the NKVD, which to, later we knew as the KGB, but that stage of it called NKVD, Stalin's secret police who murdered many of them out of hand, and the rest died in the Arctic hellholes holes of uh, the Gulags in Siberia. And this was sealed for 30 years because it would have been a bit embarrassing for people to know that the side that fought for freedom and justice was actually involved in, in uh, uh, betraying freedom and justice and fighting for democracy, so-called, handing over the whole of Eastern Europe to the most dictatorial, oppressive regime in history— most mass murdering regime in history, Stalin's Soviet Union, and as it was with the Katyn Forest massacre. Lies, lies, and more lies. Um, and we know that these have been the practices of these governments. So here we are, at a very interesting point in our, our history, where we've got the whole world, at least the Western world, pretty much united in a propaganda narrative. Mm-hmm. Vlad the Bad, Vlad the mad, Russia's bad, Putin's war, uh, unprovoked aggression, uh, no reason, no justice, no context, uh, completely unprovoked. And you've got Vladimir Zelensky, um, who is the shining light of democracy and uh, fighting for freedom. And Ukraine is completely innocent and a perfect democracy. Except when you get some of the facts, it doesn't quite fit because, first and foremost, uh, Ukraine is not a democracy. Uh, they've got 12 political parties and 11 of them are effectively banned. And the only political party allowed to operate is that of Zelensky. And uh, we have the entire media now brought under government control. In fact, Zelensky was locking up opposition members of parliament and locking up journalists to disagree to them even before the war began. So uh, you can't even use that as an excuse. This is not... A democracy because there's no free speech and there's no multi-party freedom uh, to challenge the government. And in fact, even before all this, there was a coup d'etat organized in 2013 into 2014, which removed the democratically elected government and brought in an American client state. So you, the narrative starts to fall apart there. Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Uh, witness Hunter Biden and the uh, uh, Joe Biden connection of of buying positions, firing attorney generals for wanting to investigate. And, and human trafficking is known that the worst human traffickers in the world right now of women into prostitution comes from Ukraine. And it has been so for a very long time. Ukraine has been a major uh, area where human traffickers uh, actually round up their poor victims and ship them all over the world in sex trafficking. And we know this because we've had Ukrainian girls coming as far as Cape Town, South Africa, where uh, our vice squad has been trying to get them free and bring many of these criminals from uh, all kinds of uh, so-called escort agencies, which are uh, thinly disguised brothels. And Ukraine is where they get many of these poor victims from. Not only that, but we now know that there's the biological warfare laboratories doing things in Ukraine that would not be legal in America or Western Europe, for example. So the narrative of this... Innocent democracy uh, falls apart. And then Russia invading for absolute no reason. Well, it doesn't fit when Russia has been trying to join NATO since 2002, repeatedly rebuffed. When uh, Russia was warning many a time from 2008 on not to have Ukraine join NATO. If, if Russia wasn't allowed to join NATO, how could Ukraine join them? In what now, what's the purpose of NATO if its main purpose was fighting communism? And yet they continue to expand, taking all the countries that used to be part of the Warsaw Pact, now used to be Russia's allies, now are in NATO. And NATO is no longer just defensive. NATO waged a hostile, aggressive war, 17,000 bombing sorties on Serbia alone back in 1999, uh, bombing and invading Libya, Afghanistan, uh, bombing in Syria. How is this defensive. What's this got to do with a defensive agreement, which NATO used to do a very good job during the Cold War defending Europe from communism. But right now, the globalists are more in Western Europe, more operating through the EU and through NATO and the United Nations. Isn't it interesting that Russia is now being targeted for boycotts and sanctions, not when they were communist, but now that they are anti-communist, nationalist, and now that they are Orthodox Christian, I find this intriguing because back in 1970s, when the Soviet Union was sponsoring terrorism worldwide, targeting countries like my home country of Rhodesia, where we were having civilian airliners shot out of the sky with heat seeking Strela 2 missiles uh, provided by the Soviet Union and the, the survivors even being killed by the terrorists who were trained and sponsored by Russia and red China. Now, Uh, Back when when the communists were controlling Russia as the Soviet Union and when they were waging wars by proxy throughout the whole world, when they controlled one third of the world's population, were they boycotted? No. Were they sanctioned? No. Were they boycotted from sports? No. Could they take part in Olympics? Yes. Rhodesia and South Africa were prevented from taking part in uh, Olympics and uh, international sports events back in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, but not not Russia, not the Soviet Union, because they were communists. And they were never boycotted then. Isn't it interesting that now they want to have Russians boycott, not when they were invading Afghanistan, not when they were invading um, Yugoslavia in 1950, uh, 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 when we were invading Hungary in 1956, or uh, Czechoslovakia in 1968. Those sort of things, ah, They could carry on with the sports, no problem. No need for sanctions and and all of that then. But Russia's being vilified now, while America's been turning Ukraine to one of the most corrupt human trafficking, biological warfare uh, laboratory-hosting countries in the world. When Ukraine is involved in trying to join NATO, where Ukraine's involved in NATO operations in Afghanistan under UN flag uh, back uh, in the last few years, all sorts of things that are inconsistent, the stories don't gel. And we, therefore, when they come up with the trusty stories and attribute it to their enemies, at this moment, the Russians, it smacks off when the Catan Forest Massacre was pinned on the Germans, even though everyone knew that Stalin's People done, but they were allies of the of American Britain. So you know, let's just blame it on our enemies. That's more convenient, better for the PR. And it took decades for that lie and false flag uh, to be brought to the surface. And so it is at this moment. We've got to ask these people: Why is it that the very same people who are against free countries, who are fighting communism? such as when South Africa and Rhodesia were in the front line of fighting against communism in the 70s and 80s, and who wanted to boycott us, but didn't want to boycott the aggressors, the Cubans, the Soviets, the Red Chinese, and so on, during those very same years. Why is it that right now they're all united behind Ukraine and for for, um, the globalist agenda and against Russia, now that Russia's nationalist, and now that Russia is mostly Orthodox Christian? And so... I think there's a very good reason for us to be highly skeptical. And the 19th of April is a good reminder of the fact that we are dealing with lying people. The globalists have lied before. They've done false flags before. They've done heinous atrocities before. They have murdered innocent civilians, including women and children in Waco and at Oklahoma City bombing. And they have no problem targeting civilians in all kinds of atrocities and and we can give a, a range of these atrocities of things that were done uh, through the different years as far as uh, Western forces go. So uh, you you take, for example, and there's so many of these examples of the uh, tremendous deceptions. The British Prime Minister, Harold Macmillan, admitted that both he and American President Dwight Eisner approved the CIA MR6 plan, in 1957, to carry out attacks on Syria and blame it on the Syrian government to affect regime change. And the former Italian prime minister, the Italian judge and former head of Italian counterintelligence admitted that NATO, with the help of the Pentagon CI, CIA, carried out terror bombings throughout Europe in the 1950s in order to rally the people's support for the governments. We attacked civilians, people, women, children, innocent people, unknown people, far removed from any political game. And the reason was quite simple. They were supposed to force these people, the Italian public, to turn to the state and ask for greater security. And so this Italian, former Italian Prime Minister admitted that terror attacks were carried out in Italy and France and Belgium and Denmark, Germany and Greece and Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, and the United Kingdom and other countries in order to, they were false flags, in order to try and bolster the security apparatus of NATO. They targeted their own civilians in terror attacks, which are conveniently blamed on the enemies. Now, when governments can do that sort of thing, and National Security Agency of America has even admitted it lied about what happened in the Gulf of Tonkin in 1964. They manipulate the data to make it seem like North Vietnamese patrol boats had fired on US battleships. And just think about that. Patrol boats firing on battleships, that doesn't seem to be very intelligent. Um, And it was very convenient, but it created the justification for America's involvement in the Vietnam War. And tens of thousands of Americans and millions of people in Southeast Asia died as a result of that false flag operation and that policy. You can think of the bombing of the USS Liberty on 8th of June 1967 and so many other atrocities. Uh, The false flag attacks on Cyprus and uh, the, the Mossad agents admitting how they planted radio transmitters in Gaddafi's compound Tripoli, to broadcast fake terrorist transmissions, to frame Gaddafi as a support of anti-American terrorism, to convince America to bomb Libya back under Ronald Reagan. And it turned out to be a false flag that Mossad actually was behind it. And the massacres in Algeria, uh, where the Algerian army admitted in the 1990s that they had frequently massacred their own citizens to blame on opponents of the state to strengthen their own laws against themselves. There's the Indonesian fact-finding team, which discovered that the 1998 riots in Indonesia had been instigated and organised by their own military, and they had organised these riots in order to strengthen the laws that would take away more freedom from the people and strengthen the ability of the state. And when you put all of this together, um, you take it has even been admitted that back in in 2014, the Ukrainian uh, government um, that came about later. They organised snipers to fire on both sides during the demonstrations in the square to create maximum chaos to lead to the Ukrainian coup and civil war, which which brought the American client states of the Biden and Obama administration to power in uh, Ukraine at this time. So when we think of these sort of days, we <laughs> we we can remember there's there's exposes uh, where, for example, the investigative reporter Seymour Hirsch. Expose that the Turkish government carried out chemical weapons attacks in Syria to blame on the Syrian government, and although a member of NATO, Turkey supplied the sarin chemical weapons, and U.S. President Obama attempted to use this as a pretext to launch America into full-scale war against Syria. And high, high-level U.S. intelligence officers have confirmed that it was the U.S. and Turkish-backed rebels, not the Syrian government, who carried out these chemical warfare attacks. And so, uh, quite clearly, we've got a huge amount of false flags. Uh, David Steele, formerly U.S. Marine and CIA agent, said, most terrorists are false flag terrorists or are created by our own security forces. In the United States, every single terrorist incident we have had has been a false flag or has been an informant pushed on by the FBI. In fact, we now have citizens taking out restraining orders against FBI informants that are trying to incite terrorism. We have become a lunatic asylum. Now, that's a former U.S. Marine and CIA agent, David Steele, speaking about that in in America. But what about Britain? Britain's foreign secretary at the time, Robin Cook, declared the truth is there is no Islamic army or terrorist army called al-Qaeda. Any informed intelligence officer knows this. But there's a propaganda campaign to make the public believe in the presence of an intensified entity representing the devil in order to drive TV watchers to accept a unified international leadership for a war against terrorism. And the country behind all this propaganda is the United States. Terrorism has replaced communism as the rationale for militarization of America, for military adventures abroad, and for the suppression of civil liberties at home. It serves the same purpose, serving to create hysteria. So we are actually dealing with a criminal undertaking at global levels. And we can see what's going on right now is proxy wars and a globalist attempts at seizing power, which is built on fabrication and lies and crimes. Um, and all of this is absolutely wicked. But the study of the history of false flags attacks used to manipulate the minds of people, what we can see here is that The same people who've lied prodigiously in the past, who've done false flag terrorist attacks against people in the past, are pushing us into hysteria, an anti-Russian, Russia phobia, hysteria, aimed at trying to mobilize people into a war psychosis. And why would we trust them now when we know how they lied to us about the First World War, the Second World War, they lied to us about uh, the Iraqi war, they lied to us about Syria, they lied to us about Libya, they lied to us about Serbia. They've lied in all these matters. We know they've lied about Ukraine before. Why should we trust them now? And I think on the 19th of April, as you remember, the Oklahoma City bombing and the Waco uh, massacre, and we think of the occultic significance of April 19th as the beginning of the 13-day satanic ritual leading up to May Day, the human sacrifice day, the 1st of May, which is, of course, when the Illuminati was founded and which was always a public holiday in communist countries, Red Square and all of that, 1st of May, May Day. Uh, we, we should realize that while it may not make much sense to us, there are people for whom this is deadly serious, who are real occultists, who are real Sabbateans, who are Luciferians, who are globalists, who are Marxists, who are absolutely determined to bring about a great global collapse, to bring about a global reset. And that's not our words, this isn't our theory, that's the name of a book written by Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, uh, COVID-19 and the Global and the a Great Reset. That's that's one of his books. And the other is the Fourth Industrial Revolution, speaking about uh, transhumanism. So these are leaders of the globalist movement who are using these terms and speaking in these ways. So it is not just somebody's theory. These are facts. And it's about time that we shouted from the rooftops. Back to you, Andrew.
0: Thank you so much, Peter. And um, I'm going to touch on a couple of events. You've uh, given me all sorts of ideas here, Peter. It's been fascinating the amount of material you covered in such a short time. I've um, just listed it for our show post as a brief history of false flags because you went through so much information. But um, on this uh, Britannica.com page, which is actually uh, sometimes mainstream uh, sources can be good. If they don't put a spin on anything and literally they've got uh, featured events on April the 19th and it's Britannica.com forward slash on dash this dash day forward slash April dash 19th. So I will stick it in the show post actually, because it might be something that's useful as a resource. So whilst it's mainstream, it turns out they tell you a few interesting things in a few words. So I think uh, uh, Peter may have covered this, but it says uh, on this day, April the 19th. The American Revolution began in nineteen sorry in 1775 with the battles of Lexington and Concord. The American Revolution was an effort by thirteen British colonies in North America, with help from France, Spain, and the Netherlands, to win their independence. And that's all that they say. The other thing is uh, when we talk about occultism and dates, uh, this is something I just noticed near the top, uh, Peter, and that is Charles Darwin. He died on April the nineteenth of 1882 age 73 and uh, we all know what he was behind you know uh theory of evolution they always forget the term theory um mm. and the other thing that i'm going to throw in that's going to lead me in another direction and that is that on april 19th of 2005 cardinal Joseph Ratzinger was elected to succeed Pope John Paul II who had died some two weeks earlier. Ratzinger took the name Benedict XVI and for some reason he decided to resign and is still with us and now we've got this Pope Francis. But the reason I throw that in is if we go back to uh, of course Ratzinger succeeded Pope John Paul II, well Pope John Paul I was made the elected pope however they do it on the 26th of august 1978 and he lasted 33 days before he died and there's been all sorts of conspiracy theories surrounding this in fact the movie the godfather part three actually had a narrative on this i'm going to read you this from the wikipedia page on this movie Parts of the film are very loosely based on real historical events concerning the ending of the papacy of Pope Paul VI, the very short tenure of Pope John Paul I in 1978 and the collapse of Banco Ambrosiano in 1982. Like the character Cardinal Lamberto, who becomes John Paul I, the historical John Paul I, Albino Luciani, reigned for only a very short time before being found dead in his bed. Journalist David Yallop argues that Luciani was planning a reform of Vatican finances and that he died by poisoning. These claims are reflected in the film. Yallop also names as a suspect Archbishop Paul Markincus, who was the head of the Vatican Bank, like the character Archbishop Gilday in the film. However, when Markincus was noted so however, while Markinkus was noted for his muscular physique and Chicago origins, Gilday is a mild Irishman. The character also has drawn comparisons to Cardinal Giuseppe Caprio, as he was in charge of the Vatican finances during the approximate period in which the movie was based. The character of Frederick Keinzig, the Swiss banker who is murdered and left hanging under a bridge, mirrors the fate and physical appearance of Roberto Calvi, the Italian head of the Banco Ambrosiano, who was found hanging under Blackfriars Bridge in London in 1982. And the last thing I just want to jump on here is recently in the UK... They've developed a scheme that looks a bit odd to me um, where any illegal immigrants who come to this country are going to be flown to Rwanda where their application for uh, to, 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 to stay in the UK will be assessed and then they'll be told they can either come or they cannot come into the country. The reason that interested me is that the United Nations have come out and they've said no, this is not acceptable. It's against UN uh, regulations regarding immigration. Well, who created the UN? Okay. <laughs> and if we go back to, uh, again, we're just going to go off Wikipedia, we're going to go to the League of Nations. It says, the League of Nations was the first worldwide intergovernmental organisation whose principal mission was to maintain world peace. It was founded on 10th of January 1920 by the Paris Peace Conference that ended the First World War. The main organisation ceased operations on 20th of April 1946, but many of its components were relocated into the new United Nations. Now, there was one other group that was had similar designs and that was back in 1815 it was called the Congress of Vienna and Henry Kissinger actually did his doctoral thesis on the Congress of Vienna but unfortunately this was torpedoed by the Tsar of Russia who didn't want to participate in some sort of system of countries coming together in some sort of world government and as a result of his non-participation or Russia's non-participation. Nathaniel Rothschild, or oh sorry, Nathan uh, Rothschild, said, swore to get revenge on him or his descendants. And of course, we know hundred and two years later, in nineteen seventeen, you had the Bolshevik Revolution that was financed by Jacob Schiff, a member of the Rothschild family. So Nathan Rothschild got his wish. I believe that all these world government. Uh, platforms, whatever you want to call them, all, have always had this banker direction at the very top. Um, so, Peter, we, we've got a few minutes. Anything, any comments you'd like to make on anything I just said uh, before we go?
1: Yes, it reminds one immediately of uh, Stephen Mitford Goodson's book, A History of Central Banking and the Enslavement of Mankind, where he documents that over the last uh, two centuries in particular – um, it goes back further, but uh, especially in the last two centuries, most of the wars have been bankers' wars with these banksters. And I think you've got to take the word gangster and banker and put them together. Uh, the the banksters uh, have been architects of so many of the wars and the worst wars and the most destructive wars, particularly the First and Second World War. And uh, it's extraordinary when you start, uh, Stephen Goodson's the one who first opened my eyes to the fact that, isn't it amazing how many countries get targeted by the globalists who refused to have a Rothschild central bank. And, you know, what a surprise. They're they're wanting gold-backed currency or silver and platinum-backed currency or they don't want to use the petrodollar. Um, It's extraordinary how when you get down to it and you just find, oh, all the propaganda and all the um, talking points on TV were distractions. The real issues, when you get down to it, were economic. And it was for a very small elite to get more power and influence and profit. Uh, out of the sufferings of so many millions of people. It's, it's, it's so ghastly, the average person would have trouble believing it, but it's so well documented too. So history of central banking and the slave of mankind documents it, and how many Russian Tsars were assassinated in the uh, 1800s and 19th century, leading up to, of course, the most horrific massacre of the entire family, including the daughters and son and wife of uh, Tsar Nicholas II. Uh, in 1918 by the Bolsheviks, absolutely horrific. But what we're dealing with is evil on a top level. We know that the government's concern don't care about us, and they don't care about freedom, or peace, or justice, or any of the different ideals that are mentioned. We know that they are inveterate liars, that they are pathologically um, opposed to the truth and against Christianity. And so when We see, like at the moment, all these same people who've been against the cause of freedom uh, for decades and decades before. Why would we trust them now? And so I know many people are only receiving the propaganda, and so they are believing the basic narrative on whatever's going on in Russia and Ukraine at the moment. But we really should step back and recognize that we've been lied to so much in the past. We must be super cautious and skeptical about what we're being told now. And bear in mind what the agenda is. And Revelation 13 gives us the agenda. The globalists are moving for a one world government with a one world economic system and a one world interfaith religion. And there you have it. That's the goal. And isn't that what the globalists are all for? Which is why we need to know our Bibles, know our history, stand firm, resist. We've got to uh, meet uh, this um, revolution with resistance and reformation. We need to get back to the Bible, back to real history, And we must stop believing the lies that are being peddled to the lamestream, mainstream propaganda, disinformation industry, uh, which really and truly are nothing uh, but professional liars. And I've seen over a lifetime of this uh, for four decades of serving persecuted churches and working in 38 countries uh, and being involved in eight wars. I, I can plainly see this is the way the globalists operate. We need to be skeptical. We need to be careful and uh, do not be deceived back to you Andrew
0: thank you so much Peter and before we go can you please let the audience know where they can find your work and how they can contact
1: you yes certainly www.frontlinemissionsa.org frontlinemissionsa.org email peter at frontline.org.za I look forward to hearing from you peter at frontline.org.za and uh, we're on social media as well thank you so much Andrew
0: Thank you, Peter. And also, folks, there's a link uh, to other websites Peter has, so please check them in the post for the show. And Peter has an extensive archive of all the shows that we've done together. I only carry them for the shows I've done in the last month on my website. Be sure to check out the show 1666. Uh, on the sabbatian origins of the illuminati it was an extremely well received show and if you haven't uh, heard that then click on the link in the post for this show which will take you to peter's archive of our shows so that being said i want to thank peter so much for joining us today on april the 19th i want to thank all of you for listening peter and i'll be back with you again next week i will of course be back with you all tomorrow and until then folks Have a wonderful day and bye for now.